This is Scott, host of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast and Black author. You could get all three of my books. My first book, Systematic Racism and Capitalism, Alliance of Oppression. My second book, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy. And my third book, my first novel, Exodus 2035, all available on Amazon.com and Amazon Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can download the Kindle app to your smartphone or tablet and you can access those products. Thanks for listening. Um, don't forget you and you network. You can find that on Instagram, you and you underscore network, where you can find all the shows uh, under the you and you network. Shout out to the you and you network. You know what I'm saying? And all those podcasts that's on you and you network. Thank for the you and you network that had brothers at you and you network. You can check out the socials at you a n d u underscore network. Rise of the Morris Group faced the judge today, including two men from Rhode Island. The militia group was involved in an hours-long armed standoff with Massachusetts State Police on 95 North this weekend. They're now facing several gun charges after a state trooper found them on the side of the road with rifles and pistols wearing military-style gear. 12 News reporter Brittany Schaefer joins us now live from outside of court in Medford, Massachusetts, with how members of the group explain their actions today. Brittany? Well, Mike, Kim, the hearings are still going on due to many delays from disruptions and objections. The two men from Rhode Island, one from Providence, one from Pawtucket, both faced a judge this afternoon. The rise of the Moors say they don't follow federal or state laws. That logic also continuing in the courtroom Tuesday. Hold on, I have some more questions. You're going to get a full opportunity to speak. I just have a few more questions, okay? Two of the 11 men arrested are from Rhode Island. The first arraigned Quinn Cumberlander of Pawtucket, the 40-year-old describing his group as a well-regulated militia. Police say 29-year-old Jamal Latimer of Providence is the group's leader. The 29-year-old saying he does not agree with the several gun charges brought against him. I understand that you are charged with a number of crimes. Is that true? Other members of the Rise of the Moors and family were present in court today. One member, only wishing to be identified as Rashad, says he is there to support his fellow comrades, also telling us more about the group's mission. We're a civic organization. We teach about nationality. We teach about law. We teach about history. And Cumberlander and Latimer were both held without bail and are both due back in court on Friday for a dangerousness hearing. For now, live in Medford, I'm Brittany Schaefer, 12 News. Welcome to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play. You can follow me on Instagram, unprocessed underscore knowledge. Hit the link tray in the bio. That will give you direct access to the podcast and all of my work available on Amazon.com. As you heard in the clip, there was a black militia group who goes by the name Rise of the Moors. They were traveling from Long Island to Maine to do some training, to uh, attend a shooting range, to do some organization that these militia groups do. What happened is that this organization, they actually carry gas canisters full of gas in their vehicles so they don't have to stop at a gas station. They had pulled over to the side of the road to gas their vehicle, and it's being reported that a a state trooper in Maine saw them gas in their vehicle, saw that, you know, they were dressed in tactical gear, saw that they may even, you know, I believe had firearms on them, 
and he stopped and questioned them and was like, hey, what's going on? You know, what, what are you guys up to? The facts get get skewed once you hear the side of the story from the black men and the officers, you know, the 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 group, the Rise of the Moors, they say, hey, we weren't doing anything. We was just, we weren't breaking any laws. We were on the side of the road. We were gassing our vehicle. We we're going up to Maine to our camp to do our militia training. This officer saw us, this officer, you know, approached us, started asking us questions, and we're not breaking any laws. You know, yes, we have firearms. We are law-abiding citizens. We are execution executing our constitutional rights. We have our firearms. The police, they ask these men to disarm and, and, and come with them and answer some questions. And their thing was, well, for what? You know, we're not doing anything. We're, we're putting gas in our vehicle, have these firearms legally, where we're going, where we're traveling up to this camp to do our training. And then it became this big thing. There was not a, it was not a arm, it was not a shootout. All right, nobody f- discharged a bullet. Nobody fired any shots. Uh, to my knowledge, I'm not uh, no one pointing guns at anyone. To my knowledge, and now if that would have happened, you would have heard a story talking about dead bodies, probably all the black ones. But there was no no sh- no shootout. There was what they call a standoff on this highway because the Massachusetts Police Department wanted this group of black men to disarm and turn themselves in and come in for questioning so they could find out, you know, who are you? Why do you have these guns? Where are you going? What are you going to do with them? I believe even the local news report of this situation is purposely deceptive because you heard the reporters say this group, Rise of the Moors, they claim not to follow any laws, federal or state. I don't think that is true. As a matter of fact, I heard the representatives of the men that were arrested, not the representatives, the men that were arrested from this group, the Rise of the Moors, in court. They said that they are law-abiding citizens, that they believe in the laws, they don't break laws, they uphold laws. You know, they were execution executing their constitutional rights. They weren't breaking any rules. You know, it's all, all this hoopla is for nothing. They were just on their way to their camp to do their training. And this officer pulled over and start, wanted them to disarm and turn in their want, guns and come with them. And they basically said for what? Because, you know, they weren't doing anything wrong. So the report that these men don't follow any laws, that is deceptive. And contrary to what they said themselves in court, I will say this, regardless about how you feel about, and I don't know any, I don't have any in-depth knowledge on this uh, black militia group, the Rise of the Moors. I really don't know the ideology of what they stand for, but I will say this. There are tons of all white militia groups all over the country. Most famously, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, Patriot Front. Dozens and dozens and dozens of white supremacy militia groups. Remember, former President Donald Trump at a presidential debate, he once famously said, hey, proud boy, stand down, stand by. Remember that? These all white militia groups, they have these type of trainings all the time where they load up they, they trucks and they go, you know, up in the mountains, up in the woods and they train and they go to shooting ranges and do whatever that the, I'm not part of a militia. Whatever these militias do, to my knowledge, they do not get harassed by the police, right? When they stop for gas, when they stop to eat, when when they stop on the side of the road and they got these trucks full of long guns, 
full of ammunition, full of whatever the hell else they got. Nobody is telling them to disarm and come into the police station and answer these questions. That's not happening to them. A reportedly all black militia group full of young black men who claim that they are they have these guns legally and that they're following laws and that they're doing anything wrong. When they get spotted, oh, it's turning your guns coming to the station. We need to figure out who you are, where and where you're going and what's going on. Well, you know, a black militia, black men armed, organized, training. Ooh, this. Mm, mm -mm, nope. Uh-uh. We don't care if we have to have a, 20, a 24 hour, a 12 hour, a three day standoff on this highway. We are going to make you disarm and come with us. Let's go down to Haiti. Yamiche Alcindor begins our coverage. Haiti's president assassinated. The island nation in a state of shock. We live in this area close to the president. Even when we have problems with him, we can't imagine that they would kill him like this. Hours after President Jovenel Moïse was murdered in his own home, the streets of Port-au-Prince were uncharacteristically quiet. Outside the president's private residence and the scene of the crime lay bullet casings. Haiti's first lady, Martine Moïse, was wounded in the attack and remains hospitalized. In a video reportedly shot at the scene, someone says the assassins are with the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. But Haitian ambassador to the U.S., Boshit Edmond, said the DEA was not involved. Instead, he blamed mercenaries who spoke English and Spanish. Uh, it seems that uh, this horrible act was carried out by well-trained professional skillers, commandos. The Haitian government closed the airport in Port-au-Prince, so Edmond said the assassins likely escaped by land into the neighboring Dominican Republic or by sea. President Biden said the United States was ready to assist in the aftermath of the shooting. He responded to my question on the situation on the White House lawn. What's your reaction, Mr. President, to the ha Haitian president being assassinated? You need a lot more information, but it's, it's just it's very worrisome about the state of Haiti. BBC News Online's Latin America and Caribbean editor, Vanessa Buschlupter, gave me more details. What I'm going to do is hit you with a couple of numbers here. So what we know is that there are 28 suspects in total. Eight of those are still on the run. So the police are still searching for eight men who are on the loose in Haiti. 17, as you said in your introduction, have been apprehended. And 15 of those are Colombians. The two remaining ones are U.S. citizens of Haitian descent. Three of the suspects were killed. Yesterday, the chief of police had said it was four, but it was three. So we've got that updated number. And what about um, these questions about the nationalities of those involved? Is Colombia involved in trying to help uh, find out more? Absolutely. The Colombian defense minister, Diego Molano, has confirmed that his ministry received an official request for information and that he's complying with that. He said that six of the Colombian nationals were former soldiers. And uh, he didn't comment on the remaining ones just because he didn't get officially asked about them. Now, they are ex-members of the army, so there's, there doesn't seem to be a link to any current members of the military. And are there questions about the protection that the president had? Because it does seem incredible that a, a group of men could just come in and, and do this. 
Yes, of course, the president had bodyguards and uh, two of those bodyguards are being questioned by the police. So the um, officials in Haiti want to know whether there may have been a possible involvement. Now, what we have seen in videos which haven't been verified independently is that these assailants arrived in a number of SUVs and they seemed to pretend that they were drug enforcement administration uh, agents, so U.S. drug agents, but uh, Haitian officials have stressed that they were just disguising themselves as such. It's not like they were really U.S. agents, but that's how they broke into the house and how this heinous murder happened. All right. The president of Haiti was assassinated in his home. As you heard in the clip, 28 individuals participated in this murder. 15 of the 28 were Colombian. Six of the 15 Colombians that participated in this murder were former members of the Colombian military. Now, here's the question that needs to be asked. Who is behind the assassination of the president of Haiti and why? 28 people, 15 of them identified as people from Colombia? Why? Who? Why would people from Colombia... Who would hire Colombian mercenaries to go into Haiti and participate in killing and assassinating the president there? So who's behind this? All right. It seems like a ragtag mercenary group was the muscle. You hire 28 mercenaries. First of all, you got to have deep pockets because these mercenaries don't come cheap. You hire 28 of them to assassinate the president of a country. Who's behind it and why? Now, contrary to popular belief, Sitting presidents don't normally get assassinated, even in so-called third world countries. The last time a president was assassinated in Haiti was well over 100 years ago. So this is very rare. I will say this about the social political condition of Haiti ever since the Haitian Revolution. Foreign powers have intervened to keep Haiti unstabilized for centuries. Foreign powers have intervened to make sure the nation of Haiti becomes, never becomes stable, never becomes prosperous. It's always something going on socially and politically that has a foreign influence attached to it. This most recent incident, the assassination of the president, this wasn't just some local street gang that says this guy gotta go, right? This wasn't just some local drug dealer that says this guy gotta go. This is the assassination of an elected president of a country. Greater powers are involved in this. Haiti is on a list of what's supposed to be. Haiti, the people called, who are called Haitians, predominantly are people who are classified as non-white, but they're not supposed to ever have anything under the system of white supremacy except punishment <laughs> yeah. for being arrogant enough under Tucson to think that you with your military skills can take us over or tell us what to do. So many a, a historian has said that the reason Haiti is in the shape that it's in now and sort of like the head wagon people of the world, you might say, mm -hmm. everybody kind of looks on them with great pity. It's because the white supremacists made that decision. Mm -hmm. We're going to make examples of you. Don't you ever think that you can have military force against me, us white supremacists of the world. And we're going to make a for 
perennial example of you up until the point where we decide that we are not going to make that example. But you're going to be in poverty. You're going to be pitiful. You're going to be beggars of the first order. You're going to be dislocated trying to find a place to go because you can't stand being where you are because I'm going to see to it that where you are will never be anything. The country. Let's talk about some, some foundational principles, some unwritten laws for success, for freedom, for true revolution. The shackles that we face today aren't physical, they're mental. For too many of us, our mind has been colonized. We got to change the way we think so we can change the way we act. Once we change the way we act, we'll be able to go out and make real changes. Changes for liberation. Changes to really do what's right. Changes to get us on the right course as a people. May I say something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself and life so that the same glory and success attained by other men who understand themselves may be yours. Man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation. When man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes master of his environment, the captain of his own ship, the director of his own destiny, the accomplisher of his own ends. Man should understand himself because man is full of knowledge, and this knowledge is a gift of nature. When Mother Nature created man, she deprived him of nothing. He was given the faculty of understanding all things around him. This faculty for understanding has not been taken away from him. None of his senses have been taken away from him. So there is no excuse for the black man in lacking the knowledge that man has used to beautify the world and produce all that he needs for his happiness and civilization. Look the world over and whatever you see in it that is pleasing to man, contributing to man's comfort, to his needs and to his satisfaction, it is but the work of man. Man blessed with the knowledge of himself and the understanding of all things around him. If you are able to live with the knowledge of yourself and with the greater knowledge of nature, you must know what is good and what is not. You must know what is finite. You must know that which is material, physical and otherwise is at your disposal to create or otherwise use. That was the late great Marcus Garvey himself right there in the clip. You heard it. Once you come into a full knowledge of yourself, anything is possible. Here's why knowledge yourself is very important. Think of it like this. You could be the next Jeff Bezos. You can be the next Elon Musk. You can be the next the next great political leader, the next president or whatever you want to be. The, but the first thing you need to do is realize that you can be that. Too many of us have been conditioned to think we just a bunch of niggas. The best I could be is a drug dealer. The best I could be is a stripper. The best I could be is an athlete or entertainer if I want to be successful. The only way I could be successful is to get this NBA contract. The only way I could be successful is to be on television. We don't believe that we can own the team. We don't believe that we can own the network. That's why you got to come into true knowledge of yourself. Too many of us believe our history started in slavery. All right, we're the oldest people on the planet. You got history way before that. <laughs> mathematics science reading writing that's us create your own business do your own thing start your own thing let's not just be relegated to, to sports and entertainment own the network own the league all right you like you like jordans you like Yeezys? i like them too i'm not telling you not to like them pull pull your resources together start your own shoe store start selling jordans and Yeezys to other black folks Black folks, 
Look for somebody black to buy you Jordans and Yeezys from. You like Gucci bags? You like you like red bottoms? You like them ex- expensive foreign handbags that, that I can't pronounce? I'm not telling you not to like it. Start your own store. Start start selling start selling the same stuff. All the stuff you see on that the Instagram models is wearing, all the stuff that they sell in Nordstrom and 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 these fancy outlets. Create your own store. Sell the same stuff. Like create your own business. You can sell the same things. You can buy the same things. I'm not telling you not to like it. Come together with other folks who are like-minded. And let's start building our own, right? We can't depend on other groups to build us up socially, politically, or economically. And the most important of those that I just mentioned is an economic base. Once you have an economic base, you have real power. Everything else falls in line under that. I'll take it back to the mob. The mob never cared who the president was, who the governor was, who the police chief was. The mob had a strong economic base. So no matter who was in power, they would deal with them because they had an economic base. So financially, people in power, I said financially, so politically, people in power had to deal with the mafia's representatives because they had such a strong economic base. They controlled unions. They controlled transportation. They controlled construction. They controlled the ports. So you had to deal with them favorably or else they could disrupt things economically. That's how they got so much political power. Once they got political power, for damn near 30 years, the mob was untouchable. Why? Because they had financial power first. And then they had political power comes after. We got to establish an economic base. Let's talk about law number two. The prejudice against us as an African people is not because of color. It's because of our condition. If we must have justice, we must be strong. If we must be strong, we must come together. If we must come together, we can only do so through the system of organization. Coming together, we got to come together and organize. Everybody else does this except us. That's why black folks as a group, we are dead last in every social political category that matters because I've been black my whole life and it is almost impossible to get black people to come together and work towards anything serious unless it's a bunch of nonsense. Now, if we're talking about going to the club, if we're talking about going to Miami for the weekend, if we're talking about, you know, starting a trap house or or a twerk team and doing dances on TikTok, then that's easy. But if we're talking about coming together to fight for resources, then that's damn near impossible. All right, guys, we got to come together. Everybody else is doing this for the common good. Look, there are tons of groups that don't get along. All Asian people don't get along. But when it comes to coming together to help Asians as a group, they all get on the same page and they do it. Everybody that has a Latin American background doesn't get along. The Puerto Ricans, the Dominicans, the Mexicans, the Colombians, people from South America, people from Honduras, they all don't get along. But when it comes to coming together to get something tangible that's going to help that group, they all on the same page. Y'all think the white man get along? Have you ever heard of World War One? Have you ever heard of World War Two? Do some history on Europe and the European nations before American colonization. 
they fought war after war after war. Those groups hated each other and by and large probably still do. They they don't get along. The Germans and the French and the English and the Dutch and the and Spain, they don't get along. But when it came to advancing the situation of all of Europe, they all got on the same page. Mm, colonization. Let's do it. Let's take Africa. Let's take the Caribbean. Let's take Australia. Let's take America. Let's take South America, Canada, Hawaii. Let's carve it up. Let's get this money. Let's get these resources. When it comes to getting money and advancing the group, they all get on the same page. But when it comes to black folks, your mind has been colonized. So we see getting together and working with other black folks. Number one, we don't want to do it. That's 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 the oppressor inside your brain. <laughs> we don't want to do it. We don't want to put in the effort. We think it's, you know, we low-key think it's some type of con. We lo- we think it's some type of hustle that's not going to pan out. We don't trust other black folks. We don't want to do business with other black folks. But we have no problem getting up and going to work 40 hours plus every week to enrich some white person. And I don't care who you are. Look, I got a nine to five too. You working for a white person and you aren't enriching them. So we have no problem enriching a European. But when it comes to coming together and possibly building something to help ourselves socially, economically, politically, nobody's got time for it. Nobody wants to do it. Law number three. to be able to see good imperfection in ourselves guys the most high power made you black for a reason and he didn't make mistakes what is done by man can be done by men right we can rise out of this condition that we in under the system of oppression we can destroy it and we can replace it with a system of justice the problem is too many of us don't think we can we got to change the way we view each other I know too many of y'all think that Jesus was is a white man. He's not. Trust me. All right. That picture was painted <laughs> in the 1400s. All right. Up until then, every other picture of the black of, of Christ and his mom was black. All right. Do your research on that. This is real scholarship. We went from calling the referring to each other as a family, that family structure, that tight knit structure, referring to each other as brothers and sisters to to. to to negroes but look we got to stop all that foolishness we got to stop referring to each other as that no good negro good for nothing girl you know niggas ain't you know what look guys we got to stop that all right we got to see perfection within ourselves this world belongs to us just as much as anybody else on the planet 
we just got to put the work in and build ourselves up with tangibles. I'm not talking about put all your confidence in the Democratic Party. You can't put all your confidence in Joe Biden. All right. You can't put all your confidence in, in Kamala Harris and the Democrats. We have to put in the work and do it ourselves because the Democratic Party, they represent the interests of white people. Right. They don't care about the conditions of black people black people we have to care about the conditions of ourselves we got to go out and we got to get it for ourselves we can't be lazy we can't expect joe biden to sign some bills and magically create tangibles and justice for black people it's not going to happen we got to go out and we have to build these communities up and we have to build ourselves up economically socially politically we are going to have to do the work when you look at the leaders of industry, the leaders of business, the leaders of politics, the leaders of all assets of people, activities, social, politically, and economically, it's, it's all Europeans globally. They control everything. So psychologically, we, we think white people are supposed to run everything. We think a white person is supposed to be in charge. We think this world really does belong to them. It doesn't. Take off their mental chains. Don't let them fool you. Right? I'm trying to decolonize your mind. So let's chew on that for a minute. Those are my unwritten laws, guys. This has been the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. Once again, you can follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Everybody should be following me on Instagram at unprocessed underscore knowledge. Click the link tree in bio to access this podcast and all three of my books available on Amazon.com. If you want to put something on that cash app, the cash app is dollar sign UK pod. Catch you next time. America, we're not fighting America. We're not fighting this great government. Then what are you doing? We're fighting hypocrisy and lies. And this we're going to fight until the bitter end. I-